Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. And thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Um, So I wanted to get started. I just saw the film this past week, and it was just so beautiful to watch it. I thought you both gave such nuanced, emotional, and really deeply felt performances, which was just so incredible to see. Um, Clifton, I wanted to start with you first. Can you talk about getting into the world of the jockeys and working with these real-life jockeys and how that helped inform your performance as Jackson? For sure. Uh, You know, I was lucky enough to, one, get there two weeks early um, and then spend a lot of time with the jockeys. And because we had such a a, a minimal crew, crew of 10, uh, no real like uh, lighting packages or things of that nature, it it allowed me to have a a great deal of anonymity. And then being a character actor on top of it just allowed me to really kind of just hide and and be with the jockeys to, to the point where I'd have people wanting to to, to bet on me thinking I was, I was going to do a race because I was coming in off of real races. So, you know, when you have the, uh, the luxury of being welcomed into a community like that, that that's, that's the treasure chest right there. And that's, that's the get. So, you know, I have a tendency to acclimate really quickly to my environments and especially with uh, work that you're passionate about and a community that you're passionate about. So I, I love those people deeply. And I'm um, in, indebted to them too. And I, I miss them. So, so yeah, so it's soaking up whatever I can from them, anything. Yeah. And Molly, I believe you had your own sort of real life source of wisdom throughout your preparation for this role. It was a, a real trainer, I think by the yes. name of Stacy. Um, can you That's share right. about what it was like working with her and yeah. how that helped inform your character? It's, I like that you said wisdom because that's exactly the right word. And it, it was, I was lucky because we were shooting at, um, at a real live track that was a working track. So I also came early and got hooked up with this woman, Stacy Campo, who has a barn there. And, um, and, and just, it's just a world I knew nothing about, you know? And even in film, I feel like we've seen, we've seen race horse movies but we haven't seen a movie about what happens in the backside of a track um so i she's an amazing woman really hard worker i was i would get up you know go there four in the morning get up feed the horses with her you know just go through her day um and see the struggles like the struggles of getting the guy who's supposed to clean the stalls doesn't show up. And then you have to clean 12 extra stalls that day. And like the guy who was supposed to bring the hay doesn't come. And, you know, and she's the only woman trainer there. She's the only female trainer. She has the last barn, the farthest away from the track, you know, so you just, you start to just feel what it's like, but also the passion of these people, you know, it's not like these people are making lots of money they do it because they love it and they love these horses. And there's something about that, you know, and there's something about that, that, that community. It's got a kind of carny kind of vibe to it. They, they travel track to track. They kind of, you know, you see that in, in our film talked about between Jackson and Gabe, like I saw you at this track and then I saw you at that track. And 
So their life, it's their whole life, you know, very difficult to have a family, very difficult to have a relationship. And um, what you have are these horses. Right. And it really does seem like just based on what you both said just now that your performances really were to emulate and pay homage to the people that you were able to work with in the weeks of preparation, they which are, was so great to see. They are, but only in service to this story, right. you know? And I think that's where you kind of like, I'm sure it's true for you, Clifton, but, you know, so you're just taking, you're taking the nuggets that you can get, trying to get rid of the parts of yourself that don't, don't speak to the story. But I mean, this is, this is a story about, you know, a man losing what, has made him himself like losing his ability yeah. to to perform his his uh as a jockey yeah clifton i wanted to switch gears and talk about the physical transformation that mm-hmm. you had to do for this role <laughs> um i believe the diet was a peanut m&m a day i remember <laughs> that from uh, i once at the deadline contenders panel a few weeks ago where i remember <laughs> you saying that so can you speak about sort of the struggle to maintain that diet and how difficult it was to transform into um, Jackson? It wasn't really a a struggle to maintain that because Uh I wanted to be embraced and accepted by my peers who are the jockeys. So, you know, um, I wanted to do as they did. So I started dropping weight at home, which is harder because I'm not in the immediate environment. Um, so I was doing that. And once I got there, I got to get little, you know, you start to ear hustle and and get little tidbits of, you know, what they do. So I'd load up early in the morning and, you know, lunch was around 10 AM and dinner was usually anywhere from 1 PM to 3 PM. And they weren't peanuts. Peanuts are not good. (laughs) Almonds because almonds are high protein and then they wouldn't be salted either. They'd be a organic raw almonds. And that was like my little way of kind of helping to kill the uh, stomach pains um, but if I was feeling really squirrely, um, I, I might delve into like a, a peanut M&M and that was my, <laughs> like one or two, maybe three at most. But I, there was guilt with that because even though the jockeys weren't there to see me do that, I knew yeah. I was, and I knew I was cheating, but I did drop to 143. So uh, when you're around those people, it's, it's so much easier to um, try to be them because you just want to be accepted and belong to something in mm-hmm. this case the jockey world. So. Yeah. Um, the writer director, Clint Bentley, this is such a personal story for him because he grew up in this environment. Can you both share with me? Um, because I feel like this isn't, you know, this is as a situation on every project where you work with a director who also wrote this coming from such a personal place. Can you share about how helpful that was, um, in preparing for these roles? The fact that you were able to work with Clint who, really was deeply rooted in this culture from in his upbringing. Yeah. His dad was a jockey, right? Mm-hmm. It was very emotional because uh, we've all got so many fractured relationships with our, 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 our parents and to, to delve into that with him and to, to share that pain and bring your own pain to it is, uh, is, is, is really beautiful and healing in a strange way. Um, so, so you, you protect that, you nurture it, and, and you, uh, there's a safety in that. Um, you know, and also, uh, you know, there's many days where we would do a scene and either, you know, Greg would break down crying or Clint would break down crying. 
Clint was a little better about waiting till we broke the takes, like the take was over. Uh, uh, Greg, on the other hand, I could hear him crying sometimes <laughs> during the take. Like, Greg, you can't cry. I didn't know it was him. I was like, guys, you can't cry during the take, please. I know it's bad. We do, but I can't cry because I'm acting right now. <laughs> so it's very emotional. It's very emotional. It's very cathartic in, in the most uh, uh, profound, artistic, beautiful ways. Yeah. And Molly, can you share about your experience working with Clint? Yeah, it, it was such a pleasure. I mean, I, um, yeah, so Clint's dad was a jockey and he grew up around the track and, and I, I, his dad's gone now. I, and, but I, and I think he, he, you know, he suffered some real physical damage uh, as a jockey. Mm -hmm. um, but this isn't a story about Clint's father, you know, so well, the great thing is to work with someone who's able to draw from a, from a personal place, but we weren't trying to recreate Clint's childhood or something, you know, you're, you're not, um, it's not so personal that it gets in the way of discovery and collaboration. And the brilliant thing about being with these filmmakers is just how open they were and how, collaborative and really like a real lack of fear, you know, a real, um, there wasn't the sort of pressure of like, we have to get this perfect or we have to get it done because we'll never be able to shoot here again. Or, you know, all of the pressure that comes with making films that can really affect the, you know, if you're working from a place of fear, you're just not doing your best work and so often unfortunately we are put in situations because film costs so much money you know mm -hmm. it's so expensive that filmmakers spend seven years trying to get a film made and then they have 20 days to shoot it and the producers breathing down their back like all of that kind of pressure can make it incredibly difficult we didn't have that this was we were in a completely different world and yeah, such a pleasure. So lucky. I do just feel so, so lucky. Yeah. Um, Clifton, I'm interested to know because I feel like, I think this is your first EP credit, if I'm not mistaken, on a feature film. I know that you've produced shorts and things like that in the past, but can you speak to um, what made you want to have greater involvement on this project specifically as an executive producer? Uh, honestly, it was just the in-depth collaboration with uh, uh, Clinton Gregg that yeah. we experienced on Transpecos. So um, they knew how involved I was going to be. And, and I think that's part of the, the joy and the fun was uh, they knew I was just down, down for the count and I was going to go just balls to the wall. So it's, um, you know, I got there two weeks early and started tearing the script apart and going through it over and over and over and embedding and bringing. So the three of us together were constantly working on it every night, even, all through shooting, but intensively, like the first two weeks, especially, there's so much uh, polishing and moving around and, and things of that nature. So I, I guess it made sense to be an EP on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also had one more question for you because I feel like we finally have come to the project where you're finally helming a film as the lead. What does that feel like to sort of um, be the lead of a feature after, you know, doing so much supporting work? after so you know long. it's a you still have a job to do regardless yeah. 
going on around you. And um, it's a beautiful thing what happens after the fact, but in the moment, you're not really thinking about that. In the moment, you got to be in the moment and, and anything else is just going to um, be a detriment to the, uh, the organic authenticity that happens. So uh, this is all new stuff for me, just so you know. So here, yeah. which is beautiful. It's beautiful. And I'm insanely uh, grateful and, and humbled, but you don't really expect that stuff because you're so uh, geared to making the, the jockeys happy with what you've done and your director and producer happy and, and your surrounding cast and crew first and foremost, because those are the ones that you're in the trenches with. You know, uh, and the fact that the audience is embracing it in, in such a loving fashion is just, um, you know, the icing on the cake, so to speak. Yeah. And I just had one last question for each of you. Um, you both have a, had an amazing year this past year. Um, obviously, Molly, we got to see you early this year in your absolutely unbelievable performance and pieces of a woman that Thank just, you, you know, deeply affecting opening scene and Clifton, yeah. we have both this and nightmare alley during the holiday season to see you mm -hmm. in. Um, but I'm interested to know, you know, moving forward, the projects that um, are sort of anticipated that we have um, from each of you to see Molly, I'll start with you first. Um, I know that um, Peter Pan and Wendy is coming out in the new year, as well as the Netflix sci-fi film, the mothership. Yeah. Um, can you share about what we have to expect from you and those upcoming projects? Yeah, I mean, I had a really, I felt really lucky over this COVID time because I was, you know, after the first certain number of months, then I was able to get back to work. So I shot the third season of Lost in Space, which has just come out on Netflix. And then David Lowry um, directed the Peter Pan and Wendy movie. And I just think he's an exceptional director. I loved, you know, his film a ghost story and ain't them body saints so I was excited to work with him in this totally weird different so I got to do I play Mrs. Darling which is a, such a different thing it's like yeah anyway and then um and then the mothership which is a, a film with Halle Berry that's a kind of big fun adventure yeah and um Clifton I know we have painted beauty to look forward to soon, hopefully, with Claire Hall and Bai Ling. Um, can you share about that story and your character and how it fits in to the story? Uh, yeah, that was a last minute gig that, that I got. We, we shot that about, I wanna say four years ago. Um, I play uh, this guy that just got out of a, a psych ward in England. So it's, it's one of those uh, crazy um, sociopaths <laughs> that I have. Oh, I'm glad I didn't work with you on that. <laughs> that, <laughs> but, that I have fun playing. When, when you think about like an actor, like, like about Clifton goes really deep into his roles and then <laughs> think about him doing it. Yeah. It, was, it was a short window though. Okay, I, okay. Uh, there's a great film with the Petra Volpe that I'm going to do next year and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, mm -hmm. and, and there's some other projects up in the air that I, can't quite talk about just yet, but they're going to be, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, not that cautious. I have a feeling it'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great to hear that we have so much more to look forward to sure. from each of you guys in the new year, but I just wanted to congratulate you once again on Jockey. It was just named one of the top 10 independent films by the National Board of Review that coupled with winning the audience prize at AFI last month 
it's just been so much great news and people haven't even seen the film yet because it doesn't come out until December 29th. So hopefully much more to come from this film in terms of accolades and words of positivity. Um, but thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I appreciate it. Thank, uh, thank you, you, Max. It was really Max. lovely. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Have a great Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.